Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. If you're looking for a dull, feel-good religion, or clap your hands, sit around the campfire kumbaya, you've come to the wrong place. We are dealing with toxic levels of authentic masculinity. I would say good luck, but luck is for pagans. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with the David Niles. Oh yes, high five! I was just waving to the oh to the per- you know like how are, I know how do princes wave? Like if you're a prince, oh like this. No, like this. No, no, that's how that's queen. That's like, queen. No, this is this and it's it's. I've seen the movie. It's elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist. Okay, I've seen the movie. I believe that uh, royalty males. I like that. It's like keep going. Yes, thank you. Please keep going. Thank you. Oh, thank you. We want to give a shout out to uh, Juan Posada. He is our producer, button pusher, and, and clearly doesn't know anything about uh, royal waves. Hmm. But we are very thankful for him. We are also very thankful for Jim Spencer, who is here, guys. Let me tell you something. Jim Spencer is the man who gets all of our Patreon supplies out to our patrons. If you order something on our sh- on our store, which by the way, is, we have a store. We have a store now. It only took us four and a half years, but we have a functioning store on our website, thecatholicmanshow.com. You can go and click store. Uh, but he is the man that gets it all out to everybody, which is a uh, not an easy task. But he does it, and he does it for free because he loves helping, and he has a generous heart, and he's willing to. He also like he wants to go to heaven, and he also likes the whiskey that we give him. So, thank you to Jim Spencer. We do buy good whiskey. That is true. Speaking of which, so we're going to talk about Advent today. We are. We're, we're going to talk about uh, Christmas lights as well, I believe. Yes. But before we do that, we're going to talk about the whiskey that we have in our Glencairn glass. Mucho. Which you can order a Catholic Mancho Glencairn glass on our store, or you can get one for free. By signing up. By becoming a patron. By becoming a patron. Patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. Which you should do. If only if you should only become a patron if you are looking to uh, like become more of a man than you already are. Um, so uh, we do have some women, and the I will. I'm ju- we're just going to be honest. The health effects of becoming a patron to the Catholic Man Show as a woman have not been studied. Okay, uh, it has not been studied. The Patreon subscription has not been studied in females, uh, so th- people do it. Mm-hmm. We're just and we're grateful. We're just saying we don't know what it's going to do to you. Okay, <laughs> we know the effects of on, it has on men: increase in chest hair, tripling average on average tripling bicep size. These are just average results. Mm-hmm. Sometimes death. Sometimes death. Yeah. Wow. Side effects include death. <laughs> Take it your own risk. Death to self, yeah. of course. Death to yeah. self. Yeah, yeah, learning to die to yourself. Correct. Uh, anyway, yeah, so go check us out on Patreon, or, you know, you could just order a glass. Maybe it's a gift. Maybe it's a gift. Maybe it's a gift. Great gift. We have Carlo Broussard, who's going to be doing a nine-course specific for us, for patron members, uh, starting in January. So go to thecatholicmanshow.com for more information, because we'll be talking about that very soon. Dave, the, the whiskey. Okay, so this is a product of Glenmorangie. And when I saw it, uh, actually, 
I believe my brother-in-law Drew uh, introduced this. He's been hooking us up recently. Yeah, he has been What's really um, on. He he's been venturing, which he's been introducing me to some stuff. This is Glenmorangie, a tale of cake. It's uh, so when I saw it, look like the box is very interesting. Like it's a here we go. It's it's a very uh, like oh well, check that out, you know, and it just didn't look like something you'd see from Glenmorangie. So I was, it caught my eye. Uh, I don't know how to say this, but it's a Tokaji? T-O-K-A-J-I. Tokaji? I don't know. Uh, Tokaji dessert wine cask finish. So I'm going to tell you that I don't know what Tokaji is, but they finish it in those, uh, in those barrels. Um, so I just was, I, I know very little about it, but... Glenmorangie is a, you know, they're a, a a very solid name, and so I figured let's give it a shot. A, let's just see what it's like. So it's a limited edition, and it's limited edition. It's uh, obviously going to have sweeter notes to it. So we'll see. Let's see what yeah. the ABV. It's a forty-six, forty-six ABV. So it's so. even. It's even a little stronger. All right, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Cheers, Juan. Cheers. Cheers, Jim. El Juan. Yeah. Hmm. Nice. Uh, the 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 nose. So, so it's a lighter color amber. Is hmm. um, the nose? You have the uh, sweet honey, like almost honeysuckle. Yeah. Uh, and then you also have a little bit of oh, like cake batter. A little sweetness to it. A little oat. We'll see. What do you think? Mm. What do you think of the palette? Uh, okay, so when I bought this, I told the guy at the register, "I hope it doesn't take taste too much like cake." Uh, and that's coming from a guy who adores cake. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I don't want my whiskey to taste like I don't want it to s- taste like someone mixed icing into the into my whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. And this, I'm I'm very glad. I'm happy about w- the way it tastes. To me, I think if you had given this to me and said, "What is this?" I would have been able to tell you that is a Glenmorangie. It is very much has that Glenmorangie family uh, upfront taste to it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that that they haven't like Maybe just like away. gone off the reservation, you know, into something way in left field. But that's that's all all the notes I have so far. That was just like whenever I am tasting whiskey, sometimes something will. May, like present itself to me and I get kind of stuck on that one thing and it tastes takes me a few more uh, you know a few more passes at it before I pick up on some of the stuff other stuff got to ignore that that one element of it for me Does, do you know what I'm talking about yeah yeah uh, I get it I, I, let's see what it says here okay so it says a hint of mint I was I was going to say at the end I'm getting like a minty taste mint. to it there is mint in there yeah and I was like that's what I was trying to figure out like I didn't want to say mint without like reading. Maybe it says mint on here because uh-huh. mint was kind of a. That is interesting, but it's not peppermint. No, it's like mint. It's like the uh, leaf, like mint leaf. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just a hint. It's not Over- overwhelming. Complex uh, with layers and bursts of honey, white chocolate fruits, with a hint of mint. I'm also getting a little acorn. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know about that maybe it's just because you've been shooting some deer 
been having to clean deer up and seeing a bunch of acorns. It could be. I did, not, I did not see many acorns, but... Oh, they didn't have many acorns in the, in the stomach? Uh, it had a lot of corn. Mm. Some you could have reused, put back in the feeder. <laughs> well, congrats on getting you a couple deer. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Got some yeah, two, that's good. Two meat. in two days, yeah. Got some good meat in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, I shot a... So I went hunting this last weekend. I shot a, a good-sized doe. It's like 130 pounds. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty good size. Mm-hmm. And then I shot a, 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 a young buck. He was really a a a cull buck. Like needed to get get him out of the food chain. His antlers were like terrible. He had uh, like a, a stub on one side and then just two points on the other. Hmm. But uh, he was like hundred. He was only hundred and forty pounds, so it wasn't that big. But he's a little guy. Yeah, but he's gonna taste so good. You guys are gonna uh, process him together as a family tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. So uh, I went with my father in law, and we we are. Are going to attempt to start a new Advent tradition, which we're going to be talking about today, Advent traditions. Yes. Um, of processing deer meat. So nothing it, nothing says Christmas like, like ground deer. deer. Yeah. And grinding deer. So uh, I have no idea how what it's going to be like, you know, like how big of a project is it? Because we have, we have uh, probably 70 pounds of... It's a lot of meat. Of meat total... It's a lot of meat. We're going to be grinding for a while. You know what? We might have more than that. It's a lot of meat. I don't know. 70, 80 pounds total. And it's so we're going to be grinding maybe half of that. You're going to sausage and jerky the other? I don't know. Okay. I mean, to make sausage, we we were able to get um, some beef fat from Reese's mm-hmm. for like 15 cents a pound, mm-hmm. which is, you know, pretty cheap. Um but in, to make sausage, you need pig fat. Mm-hmm. You cannot make sausage with with beef fat alone. You have to have pig fat. So I don't think we're going to be making any sausage tomorrow. Um, but we're. Gonna, I think we're probably just going to make it all ground. Ground it up. What do you call it? Because not just ground deer. Yeah. I mean, a ground venison. Mm-hmm. Ground deer meat. That's what I call it. I don't know what the technical term yeah. is, I guess, but kind of a little bit of a redneck at heart yeah so. you shoot it you eat it yeah ground deer is good enough for me yeah not looking for any other fancy words yeah uh so yeah. yeah yeah it was very fun good very yeah. fun good yeah shout out to matt eckland hooked you up with some yeah some land he's like a deer it's like a deer resort except for the ones that get shot those do not those do not those not so resorty for them are you reading anything new during advent no no what are you reading right now? Uh, Have you taken a break? Uh, well, I'm, I just started The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. Okay. Uh, which is the first thing I've ever, first book, Oscar Wilde book I've ever read. He I've, he is an incredible author. Like, just the way he, everybody he picks everybody things. has their own style, you know. Um, he has a, a really, a really beautiful language and just in his common, the way he just describes common stuff it's like wow that was a sweet way to say that nice Uh, and i'm still reading the discernment of spirits by by the guy that you the priest that i can never remember yeah i'm working my way through right now uh, aquinas's commentary on aristotle's ethics nice so i'm reading yeah i'm reading uh uh saint paul's commentary on that commentary nice yeah Triple stamping and double stamp. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. Juan Posada on the buttons, ladies and gentlemen. And Jim Spencer in the peanut gallery. This segment of the Catholic Man Show brought to you by the Catholic Woodworker, TCMS, promo code TCMS at thecatholicwoodworker.com for 10% off all purchases. Uh, this is a great a great website if you need a, a Christmas gift. Yep. Uh, for the faithful Catholic, check out the uh, inner uh, circle. Uh, our video right now, you see the the home altars right here and right over there with Saint Thomas Aquinas. That's a great way to sanctify uh, your hotel room if you are a traveling salesman or a yeah. traveling businessman. It's a great way to sanctify your home as far as in your bedroom or something like that to have a a reminder um, to to be praying. Yeah. So, so go, go to that website. Check out his stuff. Also, he's got great rosaries. Um, also, today is the feast of um, St. Ambrose. St. Ambrose, yeah. Uh, add this to the uh, calendar of liturgical living. My sister brought over ambrosia salad today. We made it too. You nice. did? You made ambrosia salad? No, I did too. Well, shout out to my new godson, Joseph Ambrose. Ooh, you have a godson, Joseph Ambrose. Nice. C- congrats. Awesome. 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 Yeah, happy feast day to him. But also, ambrosia salad is delicious. What is it? It has marshmallows in it. What? Okay, so what is it's it? It's like uh, gel. Uh, it's a, like a gel yogurt. Jello. It's like pecans. Oh yeah, okay, I know what these are. Yeah, I've had this before. It's like a fruit salad, kind yeah. of with marshmallows. It's the, it's the and kind of thing that, like, I think I could eat a gallon of. <laughs> in moderation, of no, course. I mean, like, I really might be able to do that. <laughs> It just, you can just keep eating it, and I don't know. Mm -hmm. You just want, when you eat it, you just want more, because it's, you say, that's healthy, right? Because it's a salad. Mm -hmm. I'm eating salad from now on. In fact, I did that one year. Nice. I only ate salads. Do you remember that year? No. Yeah, yeah. It was like two years ago. For Lent, I said, I'm only eating salad. Nothing but salad. But I just had a very loose interpretation of what, what was a salad. Right. Okay. You know, when, when I stumbled upon like fruit salad and pasta salad, I realized like, this is not a salad. Anything, everything's a salad. Oh, I'm having a burger salad. Nice. It's exactly a burger. Yeah. Except it's a salad. It's a combination of things. Okay. Just like a salad. Anyway, uh, we're talking about Christmas lights today. That's the man gear. Um... Yeah, so last week we talked about caroling, like, and we're going to be yeah. doing that here very soon with our with our children. So we're talking about Advent today as the topic, and so Christmas lights is a good man gear for that uh-huh. kind of blends into the topic. But yes, because we're trying to figure out ways as men, like how do men prepare for Advent? Yeah, which is something. And I think putting up Christmas lights is one way. And it's like you're not. I keep saying that too. Prepare for Advent, but it's really prepare for Christmas during Advent. Doing. Oh yeah, you're doing right. Doing Advent well. Do, yeah, you're right. Because you don't like prepare for Advent. Otherwise, we would have been like doing that back. Yeah, in and ordinary time. There, I think actually there is some preparation for Advent. You think like, what am I going to do for Advent to prepare? You know, like the the week before Lent, you start thinking about what am I going to do mm-hmm. in Lent. You know, so there is a preparation for Advent. But right now we're talking about the stuff that you've already decided to do, or the stuff that it's not too late to decide to do. Uh, that's what we're talking about today. But Christmas lights. I am a big fan of Christmas lights. Me too. I'm, I would, a, I'm a Clark Griswold. Yes, I would like to have more than I have. I have what I think, what I would call is just a 
a like barely sufficient amount of Christmas lights. It's not ideal at all. Um, I used to have a lot more, but I broke a bunch of them moving mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. So my my Christmas light supply has dwindled, and I haven't replenished. Because yeah. every year I'm like, oh, I'll wait till the end of the year and get some on discount, and I forget or they're already out. Can you so. st can you still buy the kind that you? Because you have like yeah. the old school. Yeah, the C9 bulbs. Well, I have C C9 is, is the, the size. size, right? But you have like actual light bulbs. Yes, they're, they're not LEDs. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I really like those because I do too because they had, they put off that warm glow. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that old fashioned. I, it's the the color of the Christmas lights you have. I think is nostalgic mm -hmm. for at least a, a man of a certain age, man of a certain level of accomplishment. Right? I like that way yeah. better. Yeah. You, um, use take two, Juan. Yeah. Yeah. Scratch take one. Uh, thanks, Juan. Yeah. Um, we could just, we should just start saying stuff like that as if like it's gonna as happen, if, yeah. right? Or like as, yeah. as if, if he's yeah. gonna do that. Can yeah. you edit my voice a little lower? That'd yeah, be great. that'd be a great yeah. one. Good job. Uh, but yeah, so like for me, you know, I was born before LED lights were a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I can remember before the internet. Right. All right. I'm going bald. All right. It's true. But at least I can. Anyway, uh, moving on. I'm not gonna. Way to temper it yourself. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That was really good of you. It's a sign of old age. <laughs> but um, so anyway, the lights that you have, I just like because that I associate that kind of warm glow with yeah. Christmas. I did too. You know, when the whole neighborhood was lit up in this like kind of yellowy color. Yeah. It was like, it's like Ooh, it looks awesome. Santa Claus is coming. Yeah. I mean, it looks, it, it, it's so great. And I'm going to get that BB gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it is so, like, I, I just love those. I, I'm going to fight the LEDs as long as I possibly can. But also, I, so I have uh, LEDs just because when I went to buy Christmas lights as an adult, mm -hmm. that's what they had. Mm -hmm. You know, they do like really pop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but the only thing I don't like about the LED lights, or the main thing I don't like about LED lights, yeah. is that it looks too, and this is going to sound weird, but it, it looks too techy. It looks too, like, sci-fi. It looks too, mm -hmm. it doesn't look inviting. It doesn't look warm. It, like you were saying, like, those those, uh, those real Christmas bulbs look like Christmas to me. Uh -huh. And those other ones just kind of look like uh, promotional lights or, you know, some, some kind of technical, like, like yeah. computer lights. No, I know what you mean. And I actually agree with that. You're like, it's, they, there is a, a balance. And you know how, like, you can tell when some people, it's like, you obviously had your lights professionally hung. Sure. Yeah, right, right. Those, and it's like, also, you bought, you didn't buy your lights at Lowe's. Mm -hmm. Because those lights, you know, I don't know how they do it, but they'll cut a strand that's four feet long just to go in this one mm -hmm. piece of gutter you have. I think that they have lights that are able to like, you know, they're more versatile in like the way that they're made with the strand lengths and stuff. Yeah. Custom. Those don't have, they're not quite as sharp. They're still LEDs. Right. But they, they don't like cut through the night quite as viciously. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so like the, the ones that are really sharp like that, at first you go, wow, that house is really popping. Mm -hmm. But I, I agree with you that over to, like uh, your that initial impression while, while stunning it doesn't uh in the end deliver the it, same it effect it doesn't look like it doesn't welcome it doesn't feel welcoming to me 
I, I agree. It, that it feels a little promo It's a little salesy. showy. It's a little showy. Yeah. Uh, so what are your thoughts on when to put up Christmas lights? Okay, so I'm a kind of a stickler with this. And this year, I think people were just getting a little too rambunctious. Right. I think we talked about that on one of the shows. Yeah. But well, okay. So uh, there's someone in our neighborhood who had ghosts on their front porch on like September 5th. Mm-hmm. September 5th. They had ghosts. Okay, but it wasn't like what about, fall decorations. I understand, but I'm talking about... So they're doing... And the same... Well, like... So people, they just had nothing to do. They're getting all cooped up. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to put up Christmas lights. I don't care that it's October 1st. Right. You know? Um, so when do you... I, it's it's uh, Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving. I agree. I agree with that. So like a you lot can, of people... I think you can put them up before then, but don't turn them on. Right, yeah, right. Because if you live in the in the north where it snows heavily and it gets really cold, like it would be okay to put them up before Christmas or before Thanksgiving, as long as you don't turn them on. You leave, you yeah. know, you turn them on after Thanksgiving. And there's, you know, some people who talk about, okay, well, when do you put them up, and why do you, or uh, do you wait till actual Christmas to turn them on? Like, when do you actually listen to Christmas okay, music so like, and okay. like all this stuff? Right. Like, okay, so like if you're really hardcore, you're gonna say like, no, I'm not turning my Christmas lights on until Christmas. Okay. Christmas Day. And I understand. Christmas Eve. Christmas, yeah, Christmas Eve, maybe right. you could say. Uh, the Vigil. Once it's the vi- you know, right. like, all right, I get what you're saying about that, okay? It's not Christmas yet. I believe, I also agree, mm-hmm. Advent isn't Christmas, okay? But, like, that is a, that's just not the hill I think anybody should be dying on, right? right? Like, well, and I, so if Advent Christmas is lights prepare- are just as much a cultural thing as they are a religious thing. And that's okay. Like we want the culture and religion to blend, because that's when you—that's mm. when religion actually begins to affect the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's still this element in Chris, in the Christmas Advent season of goodwill, even among atheists. You know, like it's just the It's that's because the good news of Christ influenced the culture. So we should we should allow and promote. Mm-hmm the Christmas celebrations to become cultural. So here's my thought. Here's when I think that you should put, put your, and this is something you have to learn over time. This is when, like when you've had experience yeah. of years in, of, of doing this, that you, you start listening to Christmas music and you start, you know, playing, uh, having your Christmas lights up when it prepares you for Christmas, but not to the point when Christmas actually arrives and Christmas season starts, you're so burnt out that you don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. The, the reason why we listen to Christmas music and, you know, you have your lights up is you're preparing for Christmas. You right. Know, you, the Advent, you're, it's, you're, you're in a uh, preparation for Christ our Savior to be here. And if you're preparing so much that you get, you're too burnt out by the time Christ is here, then you're defeating the purpose. Yeah. And so sometimes that means that you can, you can start right after Thanksgiving and be just fine. Other people may not like Christmas music as much as others or, yeah. uh, you know, maybe burnt out by the time they're trying to get the Christmas lights down by December 26th yeah, some or people, something like Some that. people take them right down. Yeah, you definitely got to leave them up through the, through the octave. Absolutely. And on the other side of the break, I just want to finish this by just giving a little bit of history why, where Christmas lights came from. Why do we even put them up? Okay. Because it's just a brief, it's a very short story. Okay. So we're so, sitting here drinking a little Glamorgy, the... What is this? The cake? The tale of cake? A tale. A tale of a cake. A tale of cake? I can't wait for them to come out with a tale of pie. That's going to be great. <laughs> we'll be right back.
I am mucho macho. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm still David Niles. Still here with Adam Minahan, Juan Posada, and Jim Spencer. Okay, I just want to wrap this up from the, what we were talking about Christmas lights. Uh, you know, there was a tradition, a long tradition, about putting candles on your Christmas tree. This is a bold decision, in my opinion. <laughs> I think people used to be incredibly brave. I've watched Christmas trees light on fire. It's it's incredible. And it's terrifying. The thought and of glorious. the thought of it happening in your living room. Right, yeah. So like a good. lot of houses used to burn down. And it would like be a thing where they'd light them on Christmas Eve for like five minutes. You know, like, okay, great, we sang the song, quick blow them out. You know? Well, uh, a guy by the name of Edward Johnson, who was a friend of, uh, oh, the guy who invented the, the light bulb, uh, Edison. Thomas. Thomas Edison, right. Tom. Uh, Tommy Boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was his buddy. He was the one who first proposed, hey, we should put this string of electric light bulbs on the Christmas tree instead of these candles so that we don't have to, like... Worry about burning like, down. Yeah. Maybe die. Right. You know? Uh, it's like... But so they would light the Christmas tree as a sign of, it's supposed to be representative of the light of Christ coming into the world. So, you know, they would do it on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Well, so then the Christmas, uh, the electric light thing was a hit. It was like big, big light bulbs, right? Um, and then General Electric was the first one in the early 1900s to make one. They had some commercially available before General Electric, but they would have been like $80 for a string of eight light bulbs in today's, and so it just wasn't. It was like, a, at the time, a week's wages for someone. Mm-hmm. So people weren't doing it. Well, General Electric, they came in and made the first one that was like commercially uh, feasible for people. And which is like funny, because the light bulbs I have, the Christmas lights I have in my house, they're General Electric Christmas lights. Like, yeah. General Electric, I didn't realize, was so uh, part of the Christmas light story. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. So... Anyway, that's it. And so it just kind of, it grew from there. People started putting more and more lights on the Christmas tree and it looked so good. And they're like, oh, well, let's put some inside. And then they moved outside. And uh, I just, the last thing I want to say is men, like if, if, you're, if your wife is hanging Christmas lights outside of your house, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> okay, that's, that's what I think. I think the same about when I see like women mowing the yard and I know that they got a husband inside. All right. You sh- they should be ashamed of themselves. Having your making your wife hang Christmas lights in your house is embarrassing. I said it. Okay, I'm not. I you don't feel good about I it. I don't take it back. Okay, so let's talk about preparing for Advent as okay. a, on a personal level. Okay, um, Advent I think is one of those seasons people get a little a little bit confused. Is it? Is I, it? I know I have. Is it Lent? Is not Lent? You know, but it's but, penitential. You know, but it's but it is a penitential season, mm-hmm. right? And so. What, what is it, you know, what is it, what does that mean? How am I supposed to be penitential if, I, if it's not, because you hear everybody say like, oh, but it's not Lent, you know, don't, don't make it a second Lent. Well, actually, there is some precedent for, for calling it a second Lent. It used to be considered very much like Lent. Um, so, so, I'm not saying that's what you should do, but it is a penitential season. Um, I do think that there are some differences. In Lent, you're, it's kind of more focusing on your sins. And this is just my own... This is David Niles. This is just David Niles. This is Niles. not the church. This is right. David Niles. Exactly. Get it. Yeah, exactly. So you know it's good. You know it's good. <laughs> uh, in Lent, I tend to think about my sins and like kind of the negative things about me. Like, 
you know, here's the pain that I've caused Christ. Here's you know, like, you know, here's here's my lowness, my my meanness mm. in Advent, and so I I fast as a as rep- almost like a reparation in Advent. I might be doing the same fasting, but it's it's not so much focused on uh, my own sinfulness, but focused on the joy of the incarnation. And you know, I fast in order to draw close to Christ in that way, um, not as or not in order to like make reparation, even though fasting does make reparation. But it's more of like a oh, I'm going to do this joyfully. He's coming. I better prepare myself. You know, I better cleanse. Uh, you know, make a cle- you know, like if you were to do a cleanse, you know, like a juice mm-hmm, cleanse. Mm-hmm. If wait, if you do a juice cleanse, does that mean you get to drink juice all the time? Because I love juice. Yeah, I, that I, might be something I consider. But um, like also, like I'm doing a juice cleanse with my hamburger. Uh, but so that's kind of the difference for me. It's a little bit of just a, a shift, a mental shift. That's the kind of the way I interpret it. What do you think? I mean, like, what are your thoughts on the difference? Between the two, on the different, yeah, I think you're, I think you're probably right. So, I was, I was trying to reflect on this the last couple of days when I found out this is what we were talking about and trying to figure out like how do I prepare for Advent? I'm not very good, to be honest with you, at preparing for Advent. You know how do like yeah. how do I think about you know our Savior coming into this world, the re, the, the the incarnation coming down in you know, God made man here on this earth? And I was like, man, I don't even know how to how to go about this. And so I thought about. Uh, something that my wife does amazingly well is that she intentionally makes sure that, and this is something that I've really missed since I've started working from home. This is one thing I didn't realize I'd miss as much until I started working from home. My wife is very good at making sure that when I come home from work, that the children greet me at the door. Yeah. And the children... You're right. I do miss that. I I miss... I mean... But you get to be with them so much more working from home. Right. But there's so much joy. Like, you know, and each child at their... At the different age has to be intentional about doing that, right? I have Leo, who's who is only one year old, he is like standing by the door and he's been standing there for about 10 minutes waiting for me to, to arrive, uh-huh. you know, cause he has to get there first. Otherwise he's, he's going to miss out. And then I have Anna who, who is, who is uh, only coloring right at the, the door because she has to make sure to get there quickly and she doesn't want to be distracted. So she's just coloring. I'm taking three of those home with me, by the way, today. Yeah. Oh yeah. Evening. She gave you, she gave you three pictures. I think I got two drawings and a watercolor. Nice. Yeah. It was a big haul. Right. And the boys are still the boys are still making sure that they're doing uh, chores at the home. And so like but the reason why my, my wife does this when she knows that I'm coming home is that to, so the, the So what does she do? She tells them like dad's almost home. Dad's almost home. Okay. And so that they intentionally do things that are close by the door so that way they can greet me when I come yeah. home. I mean I'm sure it doesn't take much encouraging. I'm sure that they like They're excited. Yeah, yeah, they would But then I then I started thinking about it. wow, how intentional that is for welcoming me back to the home. Okay, and then when Christ, and then I tried to relate that to, okay, well, how are we doing that when Christ's coming back to the, you know, coming to earth, you know, yeah. coming to, to take us back home? Uh-huh. Um, you know, what are we doing? How intentional are we being uh, to, to welcoming Christ uh, onto earth? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think I'm, I do a very good job at it, to be honest with you. I, I, I wasn't I, sure where you were going with that at first, but I think it turned out the, to be a good analogy. The you analogy know, like, was there? Yeah, like, okay, so you, you might be doing some of the same things, but you're doing, hopefully, some of those same things differently. Like, they're coloring anyway, but now they're coloring by the front door. By the front door, right. Okay, you know, like... My, my boys do chores, but now they're doing chores that are by, you know, by the front door that are, that are in the living room or helping mom make dinner that's close to the door so they can, they can greet me at the door. Right, yeah. 
so, so I, I kind of think about it, you know, is, did, uh, I mean, did that? No, no, I, I do like that analogy. And so just apply that in everybody's own situation. You know, how can I do these things, you know, in, 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 as a way of prep, uh, preparing? Mm-hmm. And I like to use the analogy of like thinking about yourself as a knight. Okay. So a knight gives everything to the king. Total, uh, he is like total gift of self. You know, the, it's a, a beautiful relationship between knight and king. Chivalry. Chival- yes, it's very, exactly. Well, our king is about to be born. Our, you know, we need to be ready on Christmas to make that gift of everything. You know, so what are the areas that you are not making? And I'll tell you, I have a lot. Mm-hmm. I have so many. Some I have. I agree. Dude. So I have I some areas. Have a lot. I you well. Th- you would know. I mean, you you know me pretty well. Yeah. Um. I mean, there are some some areas of my life are better than others. Um. I have some areas where I really really struggle mm-hmm. every day. Um. But just being ready to make that. So I mean, we need to have it to give to him. You know. So it needs right. to be prepared. We need to be prepare our lives and ourselves. Even if it's just mentally kind of, okay, yes, I need to make a change. Mm-hmm. Kind of deciding to change. So Father Mike Schmitz, I, I listened to an uh, episode a while back uh, on him, uh, him talking about Advent. And he talked about that one of the best ways you could, you could uh, prepare during Advent is think that on December 25th, will be the last day of your life Ooh, here on Earth. I like it. And so all of Advent for, for four weeks, you are preparing for your death on December 25th. Right. Uh, so yeah, you have four more masses on Sunday. You can go to mass obviously every day, but yeah, at least have four more masses to mm-hmm. attend. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have the penitential rites that you normally have at, at the parishes where you can go to confession. Right. But you have to intentionally be aware every single day, this is one of the last days. Yeah. And, and that's that's the beauty of the, of the Christian life, right? Is that Christ is coming so that we can go spend eternity with Him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. What if He was literally coming? Like, what if this? It is the second coming, right? You know, and this is the end of the world. Probably won't be, but prepare like it is because it will come at an hour. I mean, it could be. We don't know. Be. We don't know. And whether whether you know uh, Christ's second coming is the, the you know the final judgment or or, or, or if, not or yeah. if or if it's your death and it's your you know Christ's second coming is you leaving this world right uh, you have to be prepared for it mm-hmm. and so that when he told it me could that, be his second coming just for you just for you you might die right yeah and so when he when he was ta- you know giving that homily I thought man that is such a that is probably the best way I've ever heard of how to prepare yeah I, for I do Advent. like that yeah. And like, just mentally, because it goes back to intentions. Like, you're going to do the same things every day that you normally do. Most likely, you're going to stop to go to work. You're still going to have to eat. You're still going to have to do all these other yeah, things. Yeah, but probably you won't. I mean, if you like, if you're really thinking about that, I'll bet as you go about your life, your day to day stuff, I'll bet there's some things you say, I'm not going to scroll on Facebook. Right, but you're gonna so, so you're gonna be intentional with right. intentional. So it goes back to you know kind of my analogy with the, with the kids. They're doing things kind of the same things that they do every day. Yeah. But with intention about them. Right. And so that's kind of how I linked it all together. And when I was listening to him say that, I was like, man, that is the best way I could I could think. He's so awesome. You know what we should do? We should like copy, like get a script of his episodes and then read them as if we're saying them. That would be a great Catholic Man Show episode, I bet. (laughs) We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Catholic Command Show. Talking about Advent, how to prepare or how to live Advent virtuously well. Yes. I almost said prepare again. One of the things that I love about Advent as well is that you you get to hear about St. John the Baptist in in the readings. Uh Uh-huh. And you get to hear about, you know, him preparing the way for Christ. Yeah. And every year, you know, I, I, I listen to the readings, I re- reread the readings, and I, I just feel like that I, oh, I just missed that last year. How did I miss that last yeah, year? Yeah, And it, it's so weird. John the Baptist was so awesome, too. He was so awesome. And it's so weird how there's so many times when you read scripture that you're thinking like, oh, wow, I can't believe I missed this la- this last time. But that's the beauty of what uh, scripture does, right? It's not that scripture has changed. It's that you are now uh, growing in in God's grace, yeah. and you're seeing things or reading things that you hadn't seen or read before. Yeah. It's always new. It's always new, ever ancient, ever new. Right. And so I, I just love listening to the gospel readings um, of preparing, you know, the preparation of Christ, uh, you know, from John the Baptist to the Annunciation to the thought of Mary being pregnant, six months pregnant, yes. and then not worrying about herself, knowing that she has the Christ child, and worrying about somebody else, her cousin, and traveling, super pregnant, you know, to go see her her, her cousin Elizabeth, to tend for to her, not yeah. to herself. In fact, I have a, an assignment. I would it's like amazing. to. I, I would like to assign something to everyone. This is your, this is your homework, everybody. Uh, in your prayer between now and Christmas, I want you to really meditate on the thoughts and the feelings, the emotions, the experience and life of the Blessed Virgin Mary in those last days before Christ was born. You know, here she is pregnant. She knows that the Savior of the world is in her womb, and she is going to deliver him soon. And just the anticipation, the love, the joy, the anxiety that she must have felt cuz I I sometimes catch myself like with the notion of oh the blessed virgin mary was oh, she only was positive she ne- she never had like negative emotions or you know bad feelings about stuff i that's probably not true you know like i'll bet she was very anxious about never to the, ne- nev- never, never to ascend sinful. oh no nature never never of course but those kinds of things are or human like because she would love the, the her child so much she would like want it to be perfect you know so like when she sees the cave that she's going to deliver the savior of the world in you had to know that that str- that was uh struck uh, a blow to her heart that she couldn't give the christ that she knew was going to be delivered uh, a better a more worthy place you but know she what was, i'm saying she was also let it be done to me according to thy word right. she's always i know but like she would be resigned to it, but she would want more for her son. Yeah, I always think so. she would want him. That makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, that's your homework. Take that to prayer and just meditate on that, and uh, and just really invite Our Lady into this Advent um, because she is like she's the patron saint of Advent. I mean, like mm-hmm. I don't know if officially she is, but how could she not be, right? So anyway. Um, we kind of talked a little bit about internal things we can do as men. I want to talk about some external things that we can do as men to prepare for Christmas during Advent. We already talked about putting up Christmas lights, and those are, I actually think that's an important thing to do. If you don't put up Christmas lights, I'm, you know, I'm just going to ask you why. Why don't you? You know, if you don't, if you can't afford Christmas lights, okay, that's a, that's a reason. If you're just like, never, if you've never done it before, well, do it. 
it's it's awesome um it's very liturgical you know we change the colors uh of the season you know Mm -hmm. we got purple going on right now so um put up christmas lights as like a a way of decor decorating your house liturgically um i also think that we should be as men and especially fathers instituting and enshrining advent traditions within our families Okay, so I want to just talk about some Advent traditions. There's the basic ones, the Advent wreath, mm-hmm. um, maybe a, a Jesse tree. Man, we've been so bad about the Advent wreath this year so far. It's not we too just, late. That's the thing. It's like, it's not, I know, too, it's late. not too late. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but you have it. Yeah. Ha- I mean, man, it's just been. Yeah. But, so, you know, just because you miss the first, you know, the very beginning of, of something, mm-hmm. just, just hop in. It's sort of like, you know, like novenas. Sometimes it's like, oh, the novena. It's like, oh, well, I missed the first day. I guess they just won't do it. I no, like, don't do that. I used to feel, I used to do that. Right. It's like, no, I'll just start on day two. And like, I wish I didn't do that, but right. that's where I am, right. you know? So, um, we know, and we're going to go Christmas caroling this year. Yes. Um, kids. Putting up the Christmas tree, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things. Um, and when you're doing all of these things, this is just my own personal opinion. Try to remove Santa. Santa, uh, I... Like I'm not saying don't do Santa. You, if you want to do Santa with your kids, that's it. You know, do Santa. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Christmas tree isn't about, isn't so that Santa can put presents under it. Okay, there's a, a Christian tradition behind the Christmas tree. We, I'm not, we're not talking about it today. I think we've talked about it last year. Go look it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so all of the things that you, these traditions should be about Jesus. Right. Okay. Um, and we need to make sure that we are Christ-focused with our children, you know, so that they know that Christmas is not about presents. Christmas is right. about Which Jesus. Which is so hard to do. For it's, a, it's very like, hard to do. do but, you, can, but, I, can I tell you something funny? They might like the presents more, but they still intellectually will know, if you tell, if you tell them, mm-hmm. that it's about Christ. When I was a little kid, and I knew that, like, you know, I understood that this is like, I don't know, when I was seven or eight, nine years old, somewhere around in that area, I, I knew God can, can take your life. You know, you could, you could die at any point in time. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember in Advent, one of my Advent tra- internal Advent traditions was I would start praying about a week before Christmas that said, Lord, if you're going to take, if you, you know, if I'm going to die, let it be the day after Christmas so I could at least see what my presents were. Yeah, and I would do that every night, like a week before things, or a week before Christmas, because it's like I just want to know what my presents are. Because they're there. And they're I see, there. I just one don't box, know. You know, there's a one box that's really big with and my I, name on and it. I have no idea what it is, but yeah, that's what I used to do when I was a little kid. Like, Lord, I know you. I know you. You could take me at any time, but please just make it. Make it at least December twenty sixth. Yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> and let me get a Red Rider BB gun. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what are some other traditions um, that you think are good that you had growing up, maybe, or I mean, ones that you do with the, your the kids? The one like that that is focused on Jesus is is confession. The one that we always uh-huh. made sure that we did as a family was the penitential rite. Whenever uh, you know the church, like the, the parish, yeah. When, yeah. The par- when the parish brings in, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty, however many yeah. uh, priests, and you you go to confession, and so like that was always a way that my father said, like, this is what we're going to make sure we do before before Christmas is, is make sure that our souls are right, um, you know, to lead into, uh, the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. So, th- I mean, that was probably like the biggest thing. I mean, we did the wreath, we d- you know, we did the caroling, 
um, things like that. But that was that's the one that always sticks out to me the most is like because like it was always on a Wednesday, which when you're a kid, you know that it's just so inconvenient. Yeah. You know, like Dad, I'm already going to church on Sunday, and if I have another activity, you know, throughout, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm already going again, like at church. Now you're asking me to go on Wednesday as well, like, you know, it's just yeah. another thing that you had right. to do. Yeah. And extra, extra um, holy day of obligation. Right. Yeah. But Tuesday this week, holy week. day of obligation. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so I think that also this is a good time to like reach out to your neighbors. Okay. You know, uh, chances are a lot of people have people. You know, their neighbors. You never talk to them. You know, this is a great opportunity, a great time where it's not awkward to bake your neighbors a plate of cookies with a with a note that just says Merry Christmas. You know, may God bless you this christmas yeah. season and just go give it to them you know it's like if you do that in on just a random day people might think like that was very nice but i wonder why they did that you know th- you know they're not going to think that now it's christmas you know mm-hmm. so you took you know so reach out and get the, ki- get the kids thing. involved you know uh where every year you do something of generosity mm-hmm. you know something generous for other people i like that and just in your community the people right around you yeah. you know yeah. to help share I think another thing you could, you know, I agree. I think, yeah. that, I think that's a good, you know, to be an outward sign of, of the reality that is right, about to come. exactly. Uh, and I think another thing would be for inward purposes would be uh, to reach out to somebody that you've held a grudge against, or to somebody sure. that you may have offended that you know that you've offended that you haven't maybe asked for their forgiveness, uh-huh. whether it be through you know a high school person, uh, a family member, your your parents, if, if, you know, your right. father, your mother, you know, somebody that you may maybe your maybe your parish priest. Maybe you've said something to him that's you, you're, yeah. you're, you know, concerned you may, you may be offended. So I think that uh, this is a great opportunity to seek forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, and that right there, I think, would be a great outward sign of, of what, Christi- what, what the Christian life is about. Yeah. And if we're preparing for our death, you know, if December 25th is our last day, uh, making sure that you have covered your basis and, and yeah. received forgiveness from everybody is a good way to go. Right. Yeah. It- any type of preparation, if the sacraments aren't part of it, then it's, you're just, they're fundamentally flawed, right? right. So As a, drawing in, in closer to life. the sacraments always is a penitential, that's a penitential season staple, okay? Um, I, I, I just want to also like throw this out. There's this notion in the last like five years or so that Christmas is about family. You know, and like Protestant churches are closed on Christmas, you know, where they're not. They are? Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot of Protestant uh, churches who they have no service on Christmas because Christmas is about spending time with your family. And no, it isn't. You should be spending time with your family, but that's not what it's about. It's about Christ and it's about service to our King. Okay. And if going to, if your church says going to church is not how we serve our King, then you are going to the wrong church. Okay. Um, if, if you, if your own church can't say you being here is worshiping the Lord, and so, therefore, it is good for you to be here on Christmas. Then you're, then you, you should not be going there. I mean, so Christmas is about Jesus. It's about loving our Savior, who came and took on flesh—an act of infinite humility—to redeem us. He came as a babe in that moment, knowing he was destined to suffer a painful death, rejected by all, so that we might have eternal life with him. He's called to be. He asks us to be his friend. So let us let us prepare our hearts and minds and souls to welcome Christ into our own lives in a new way again this Christmas. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus.
Any other Advent stuff? What about you, Juan? You didn't talk about the Nativity. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, this is one thing that... So, they, Juan, they don't do Christmas trees in South America? Some, but it's not the main thing. It's not, that's not the thing. They do at these the Nativity yeah. inside the home. So, yeah, I, I, I'm gl- I actually did want to talk about the Nativity. That is my favorite... Like, I meant to bring it up in Christmas Lights when we were talking about that, because, mm-hmm. you know, some people put out a Nativity, and that's when it's like, yes... You are uh, adventing the right way, um, because I think we need more nativity scenes in in front yards. Well, I've been wanting to get one for a long time. And don't put uh, G- baby Jesus in the manger. Right. Try to find like personally, the one I want is like not okay. Well, I would love to have a big wooden, you know, like gorgeous, you know, uh, manger scene. It would have to collapse. I don't know where I'd put it. You know, like the rest of the year. But and, also, and I know at Juan's house. Yeah, yeah. Juan, you have an attic. Yeah, Juan can do it. But I also know that that's like a thousand dollars. You know. And, but Joan would be okay with it. Yeah, and I don't. Uh, if I was going to get one, I wouldn't get like the flat one. You know, that's like you stake in the ground and it's kind of a an outline of the barn. You know, and you can just kind of see the outlines of Mary and Joseph in the manger. That's great. I mean, when people, I'm not hating on those. It looks like T Rexes with the uh, table saw. Uh, I'm not oh, sure what you're talking man. about, but. Anyway, okay. I'm not I'll hating look. on those, but the one that I would get would just be like the plastic, you know, maybe maybe even they glow at night. I don't know why I like those. I think it's a, it's a, another nostalgic thing. Um, but if you're going to get the plastic one, you have to get one that baby Jesus isn't like part of the mold for the the manger. You know, cuz yeah, you you can't put you can't put baby Jesus in. This one? Yeah, stuff like that. Is that no. like, you think that looks like a T-Rex? Two T-Rexes fighting by a uh, table saw. See, I don't think they look like T-Rex. That looks like a T-Rex. That looks like a T-Rex. Oh, okay. I see. The mouth. Okay, I see that now. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Right, that's what I was talking about. It's just like a, a outline cutout. Yeah. Looks like two T-Rexes fighting by a table saw. You shouldn't do that. You're ruining manger scenes for like everybody <laughs> across across the country. <laughs> Didn't that? Doesn't that look like two T-Rexes fighting by a table saw? I didn't see it that way until now you said that. Right. Yeah. See, like, and stop, I ruined stop. it. You stop what you're doing. You yeah. Christmas. And I ruined it. Um, but I have this idea of getting some that have the wise men and uh, starting them off across the yard. And as we get closer and closer to the epiphany, yeah. you know, like every day going out. Well, that's what Juan does. And I would. That's what Juan does in his house. In, in, inside, right. But I'm inside. talking about doing it outside. I would like measure it out and determine it's like, all right, so many days, it's exactly, I'm, I need to move them all like four and a half inches every day. That's exactly the kind of thing I would do. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I think that is something you would do. <laughs> and so they just get a little closer every day. But I think that that would be cool because I think there's a lot of Protestants out there who think the wise men were there on Christmas. Mm-hmm. And they weren't. Mm. They were there like several days later on the Feast of Epiphany. I, That's what the Feast of Epiphany is. Here's something else that I that I thought of that I that we've been trying to incorporate over the last couple of years, and I know you have as well, is that uh, lighting a fire in the fireplace. Uh, I almost brought up fires as because it is like it you you start to do it in Advent because and it's a it's a focal point in the in the living room, right? It, right. You and I both, uh, all all of us. I think, except for Jim. See, I don't think of them as an Advent I thing. Don't know about Jim, maybe he has a TV. Do you have a TV in your living room, Jim? Yeah. Oh, oh, Jim, you disgust Jim. me. That's, Jim, that is disgusting. 
Just, just joking, Joe. When, when my kids leave the house, I'm bringing my TV back downstairs. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, but you know, because be, because we don't have a TV in our living room, the fireplace, the hearth, is the focal point of the of the right. of the living room. Yeah. And so when you light a fire, you know there is obviously something that's kind of majestic about it in general that you you kind of gravitate to. But man, I I sure do love the moments of being able to light a fire, have the family around it. Uh, reading a book or listening, like we've listened to classical music before around the fire, just to yeah try to appreciate it because we are so far, we just don't. Understand. You do have to learn to appreciate classical music. Yeah, yeah. it's it's something you have to do on purpose. I don't, I don't think very many purpose. people are just like, oh, I like classical music. They're trying to not these days anyway because it's, it's you have to be patient. I had a crazy moment uh, hunting the other uh, a couple weeks ago relating to this. Can we talk about it or do you sure. think it's not really related to Advent? But That's okay. So well, it's is a it, short story. Yeah, yeah. It's related to uh, classical music, though. Okay. I was sitting there in my deer stand and I was like listening about what was going on like just around me. And I thought like, man, I can hear the wind coming, you know, that's a couple seconds away before it actually comes. And I can see and hear the, the leaves fall and I can hear uh, the squirrels jumping around. And like I can anticipate all these things that are happening around me when I have nothing else uh, to focus on, but just my surrounding area. And then I thought, man, I bet, you know, I, this anticipation of like the sounds that are coming and the appreciation of when they, when they come out here in the, in the wilderness, uh, is very, uh, there's a parallel to classical music when you understand classical music, because then you, you hear these French horns that are, they're just barely going in and they become, they blare and like you hear the, the drums are barely going you know and then they go really loud and like i realized there's a parallel here between uh just listening to what nature is and being able to understand what is happening and the anticipation of what's going the sounds that are coming from nature uh parallel to classical music uh of understanding what's happening and, and the anticipation of what's coming ahead of it yeah oh i'm sure i've never thought about that but and and once i did that and I made those parallels. Then I started like listening to more classical music on my LP, putting more LPs on, uh-huh. and like I, I started realizing I, I like I can hear a, like this, these low trumpets coming, and then like the blare really loud. Mm-hmm. Like I can anticipate and understand like what's coming uh, ahead before it actually happens. Um, and that was a, a realization that I had while in my hunting stand. Nice. Has nothing uh, I, to, I dig has, it. Has nothing to do with Advent, but it has something to do with me trying to appreciate, uh, excuse me, ap- appreciate classical music. Yeah, you have to have patience if you mm-hmm. want. Class- I mean, if you if you don't like classical music, could be because you have no, you can't sit still. And, and that's know, hard to do. It is, like, it is like, hard to do. Yeah, but uh, I want to finish up about the manger. Okay, let's talk about it. Juan puts he has got a nice manger scene in his house. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Instead of doing the Christmas tree, you want to learn. To are you anti? Li- are you anti Christmas tree one? No. You kind of are. Let's be honest. You're a little bit. You are a little bit. Anti- you're a little bit anti Christmas tree. I'm just not far enough to do it. I'm just, just anti. I'm not talking you into taking it down. You're just not pro Christmas tree. Yeah. Okay. You have no no good feelings about the Christmas tree, but you don't dislike the Christmas tree. I have a Jesse tree. You have a Jesse tree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do like how. Having the manger scene inside mm-hmm. 
And so in his house, he puts the, that's where the presents go. Juan did Around. a really good job of living liturgically. I don't know if you oh, yeah, know yeah. this. <laughs> but he does. He does a so good job. So the presents are all with around the manger. Um, and st- as if, you know, like the, the wise men, right? It's, it's like as if the wise men are putting them there, even though that's... Dude, I hope the wise that men are not there yet. They're not there at Christmas. No, I, I saw a Babylon Bee article today where it says the wise man who brought myrrh didn't get the memo that... Or no, I thought that there was a uh, a spending limit on. on <laughs> There's a five dollar spending <laughs> limit. I thought we all agreed. To <laughs> That's uh, I brought myrrh because we agreed that we'd <laughs> not spend more than ten thousand dollars. Yeah. I thought we talked about that, guys. These are jerks. With over here with your frankincense and gold. <laughs> If you guys don't follow the Babylon Bee, you're just missing out, you know? It's hilarious. So, uh, the, but that is the, the, I think that the manger scene inside is like, perfect. It's exactly, because it's Christ-focused, mm-hmm. you know, and it keep even as your opening presence, you're doing it around Jesus, you know, like it's uh, exactly, it's the right, it keeps the, the mental focus in the right place. Also, this is something that I'm not prepared to do, but it's something that like, I wish I like one of those things like, oh, I'll give you some advice that I'm not going to do, <laughs> but drastically reducing the number of presents you give to your kids. Okay. So here's the thing about this. Drastically reducing I, we, it. I did this last year. Okay. So I, I, cause we have, you know, my parents and my in-laws are, they, they shower kids with presents, right? And it's just yeah. like, guys, you gotta, you gotta put the brakes in. My, uh, Haley and I decided, no, we're not going to buy them a lot of presents because they're already going to get a lot of presents as is and we don't want that to be the uh you know we don't want to set the standard of a lot of presents and you know what happened the night before christmas eve i went out and bought a bunch more presents after yeah i told Haley we're not going to do that because we wrapped them all and we put them underneath the tree and i like looked at them and was like there's not a lot of presents they're gonna be disappointed right and i went out and I just completely annihil- like like annihilated the plan. And Haley, because she's super holy, she like stuck to like this is what we said we're gonna do this. Right. This is and like I was like no. And I went out and I bought a bunch of junk. Is what I did. I went out and bought a bunch of just like, to bre- made have something in to China junk uh, that they probably used one time and that was it. Right. Uh, but I wanted them to have more presents. So like. Yeah, that's something that I really yeah, got to work, it, work I know, on. I'm the same way because I, you know, you watch your kids open these presents at Christmas. And, and it's like and the it's best. Like they're, yeah. I, it's me. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's me. It's yeah. not them. No. It's I me. Know. That's why I said I'm not prepared to I do it. I tried to do it last year. I think that if you are stronger as a parent and you can do it, I think your children will, ben- will benefit. Because um, it's kids, like a man who, who like, my... Uh, you know, I, my flesh is just weak. My spirit is ready, but my flesh is weak. It's like uh, it's. I know that I have a, a misunderstanding in my own mind that I'm even conscious of of what it means to give good things to my kids, you know, and what it means to love them. Like I want them to know that I, I'm, I like I want them to have everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I do want them to have everything. But the thing is. I know that I'm depriving them of more important things by giving them all these presents that they don't need. Mm-hmm. They don't even want. You know, it's like you try to come up with stuff that they want. I, it's like, I, oh, you see, so, oh, I bet they would like to- that. I'm it's totally like, they don't even know. They don't even know that 
like this exists right I, and so when they don't get it they won't be missing it man i'm i'm totally guilty of this yeah i have a story okay I one story. one a tip. this is uh now the catholic so show via one i had a a, a great advice on online uh, if we put in practice several things that we did here today so if we have a, a fire going you grab an empty Amazon box <laughs> yes. and you wrap it up. A bunch of them. A, a bunch of them. And every time your children misbehaves, you grab a box and you throw it in the fire. <laughs> and they, their behavior will improve just dramatically. Exponentially, I must say. Yes. So give it a try and let me know how it, it goes. <laughs> Hashtag why did I hear Juan? Wait, what? Hashtag what? Why did I listen to one, I think, is what he's trying yeah. to say. Well, you're whining again, so here goes another one. Also think about like how much an empty box is going to burn. It's going to be like, I better watch that pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can man. your chimney catch on fire? <laughs> you look it up. It can! Oh, my God! Uh so be just, holy just like be holy be holy yeah like but really the the whole presence and kids thing i'm i'm not strong enough and i need to be stronger <laughs> you do uh, clearly <laughs> i'm like the virtuous guy who like that's decides one, one each, uh i'm like the virtuous you, you guy do one each yeah. one each I, i'm the virtuous guy who like decides i'm gonna be virtuous from now on and like i am going to do this i'm just gonna do it i'm just gonna start being virtuous like I'm just gonna be I, holy. I don't think it's a habit anymore i'm just it's a decision i'm, no, gonna I'm make. holy because i choose to be holy right all right and then the first sign of weakness is like oh that yeah i'm out mm -hmm. so if i was gonna do it i think i would do three each i just saw this one time on like facebook and i said yeah it said if jesus got three presents on his birthday like why do you? Th why do your kids get more? And it's like hard for me to answer, but it's like, well, I guess I. Well, he got gold. I guess I like. Right, yeah, yeah, you know what? That's true. It's like, well, he did get like a million dollars, or I don't know, like <laughs> how much? You know, how much? I don't even, was it like a tower? I didn't realize the value of frankincense either. Right. Oh, it's, ex it's expensive, and it was like super valuable. I mean, it was like only the princes and like. It's super valuable, like, medicinal purposes. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Well, they would use it in burial. Yeah, but uh, it, it was also for medicinal purposes. Like, what, would it get you stoned or something? No, no, no. It would, it would like, help with healing of wounds. Like, you put, really? like, uh, uh, frankincense on, like, uh, open wounds and things like that. And it would help heal. What it, was it's it? It's kind of like, it's like the Neosporin of 33 AD. Wasn't there something, 30, it, something about, uh, like, gall? Like, they would mix wine with... Like was it myrrh or something? I, I I don't even I don't know if that's true or not. But I I felt like I there was something just sour wine. Yeah, sour it is wine. it is. But I think that they would sour it. Oh, why would they do that? Well, because it had like a numbing effect. Yeah, so but there's plenty of sour wine. No, no, no. But it wasn't just sour wine. It was wine, wine that they had at the crucifixions that would numb. It or was it anesthetics. Would, yeah, it was an anesthetic. Anesthetic. Yeah. yeah, it had some anesthetic properties that would like numb the the victim, so that a they would I think die faster, but also they would suffer less, you know. And so that's why they had it there. Hmm. 
So I want to say that there was something about his birth that was also present at his death. You know, and it maybe maybe it was myrrh, and also maybe that's totally not true. But I think I've heard no, something I think like the that. The church has said it. The church has spoken. Yeah, you heard me. Uh, so anyway, yeah, like the whole presence thing. It's it's so hard, and it you know, hard. like it's complicated, more complicated because. You, you, they'll talk to their friends or even like other family yeah. members and oh, neighbors. Why did uh, you know jo- Johnny got the seventy-two fa- presents? This, our family, you know, like oh, you get together as a family, and this other person in the family got all these presents, and I got three. You know.